This morning's reading is from Philippians 4, uh, verses 10 through 20 from the Common English Bible. That's page 1432 in your pew Bible if you'd like to read along there. I was very glad in the Lord because now at last you have shown concern for me again. Of course, you were always concerned but had no way to show it. I'm not saying this because I need anything, for I have learned how to be content in any circumstance. I know the experience of being in need and of having more than enough. I have learned the secret to being content in any and every circumstance, whether full or hungry, or whether having plenty or being poor. I can endure all these things through the power of the one who gives me strength. Still, you have done well to share my distress. You Philippians know from the time of my first mission work in Macedonia how no church shared in supporting my ministry except you. You sent contributions repeatedly to take care of my needs even while I was in Thessalonica. I'm not hoping for a gift, but I am hoping for a profit that accumulates in your account. I now have plenty and it is more than enough. I am full to overflowing because I received the gifts that you sent from Epaphroditus. Those gifts give off a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice that pleases God. My God will meet your every need out of his riches in the glory that is found in Christ Jesus. Let glory be given to God our Father forever and always. Amen. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, how thankful we are this morning that we can be here and celebrate what you are doing in our world. We, we thank you for these teens and their sponsors that are going to have this awesome opportunity to share with teens from around the country and around the world in this coming week. And we thank you, Lord, that in your grand providence, you have chosen to send the Browns um, to share in the ministry of this congregation in the coming years. We pray, Lord, that we may be fully ready for them, their coming next week, and that through the life of this congregation, many people are going to be inspired in their faith, and many others are going to find you for the very first time. So we praise you, Lord, for what you're doing, and we pray your continued blessing in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's been a fantastic privilege for Sylvie and I to be with you during these really precious weeks. Um, the time has gone by quickly for us, and it seems like the church is coming alive again. Um, I was just thinking about it and, and um, how God has provided for you as a congregation during the months through this really devastating pandemic that has touched us and how he has blessed Sylvia and, and me as we've been able to be with you and to share in these really, really exciting times. This morning, we complete this little series from the book of Philippians, where Paul is saying to uh, his uh, friends in Philippi, grab a hold of life. 
God is doing far more than you can imagine. And his ability to work within you largely depends on your openness to what he wants to do within your life. This morning, we look at this this tiny little verse, which must have been a glorious kind of promise to those uh, Christians in Philippi, where God would say through Paul, and my God, listen to the personal nature of that, my God will supply all your needs through his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Uh, I was just thinking about the way that, that God does provide. He's provided fantastically for Sylvia and I. I believe he's provided for the congregation all through this time of pandemic and of course for many years before that and how he's going to provide in the future even having our teenagers up front this morning having an opportunity to pray for them reminds us again of the faithfulness of God of what he wants to do all together all the time in the future. Paul of course was talking to these Philippian Christians they were not like the Christian church today in America where, you know, for the most part, we're given a place. Everybody accepts the place that uh, we might be in, at least in some general form. Uh, these were people that had really no place in the society that they were in. And yet Paul could say to them, my God is going to supply every need of your life. And he's going to do it in certain ways. He's going to do it, first of all, according to our relationship with him. My God will supply your needs in terms of how God can work within your life. And he wants to say that to us this morning. It was a personal thing for Paul. He wanted for these believers to understand how powerfully God could work within them. I, um, I really appreciate the uh, Lenten devotional guide that we use during Lent. Um, the uh, N.T. Wright uh, devotionals taking us through the book of Luke. Um, and I love the fact that he emphasized the fact that as we follow Jesus, we do not lack anything at all. God will provide for us. He's going to provide for us personally and generously and purposefully within our lives. God wants to provide for us according to our relationship with him. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Um, and he is willing to, to provide whatever needs we may have within our lives, but he's particularly interested in meeting the personal, spiritual needs of our life. Um, 
one of the really difficult kinds of times for uh, Sylvia and I in our work as in, in terms of the church happened uh, to us about the, the turn of the century. We were in a place where we sensed God's blessing within our life and a place where maybe we would spend the rest of our lives in ministry. And then Free Methodist World Missions began to talk to us about the possibility of, of leaving that church in Rochester, New York, and coming to Indianapolis and overseeing Free Methodist World Missions. And a lot of that really was exciting for us, um, even though leaving the church at that time was not an exciting thing at all. But the most difficult thing for us was the fact that if we would go when they said we needed to go, that our son Matthew, who was then a junior in high school, would have to um, become part of a gigantic uh, high school in Indianapolis, Indiana, and start all over again. It just didn't make any sense to us at all. And so the negotiation went on for some time. Is this something that's really right? We sense God drawing us to us, but like, how does this work for Matthew? In fact, I remember one evening when we were coming close to the decision, uh, sitting in a restaurant where um, Sylvia and I and Matthew, and we were talking about this and how it really seemed like this was what God want us, wanted us to do. And I'll never forget uh, Matthew, then a junior, not quite a senior in high school, sort of um, leaning into the table and saying, um, if this is what God tells you to do, then this is what you should do. Um, and so in the weeks that we're ahead, we tried to kind of work out all how all of this would take place. Um, Matt tried to figure out every possible way for him not to move to Indianapolis uh, because he had a wonderful place where he was in the church youth group there in Rochester, New York, and how did this make any sense at all? Uh, finally, um, our daughter, Michelle, uh, said to Matt, why don't you uh, come and spend your senior year in um, Jessamine County, Kentucky, outside Lexington? And uh, you can live with us, and uh, why, don't, why don't you do that? And so we continued to think and pray about it, and finally we said, well, I believe this is what God wants for us at this time. And I was trying to figure out, how does God, how does my God provide in a circumstance like that? Um, I'll never forget uh, sitting in the judges' uh, chambers in Nicholasville, Kentucky, as uh, the official uh, responsibility for Matt was transferred from us to our daughter, Michelle, and saying, God, how could you possibly be in this? But the truth is, regardless of what situation we may find ourselves in life, God has a way of providing for us. Um, the public school that he was a part of had uh, quite a bit of flexibility and said, Matt, if you don't want to go your whole senior year, double up on English the first semester and you're done in January. 
he thought that made sense. When he drove out of Indianapolis with one of our cars, I had more question about that than he did. But what we'll never forget is the way that God provided. He has such a wonderful first semester that he decided he didn't want to leave that school at that time when the year could be all could have been all over for him. Uh, that my God will provide, Paul wanted to say to these believers. Uh, it was not until the end of the year when we discovered that Matt was developing a very close relationship with one of the senior gals in his class, who now is mother of three of our grandchildren. Um, and God has chosen to take what didn't make any sense in one way and bring just huge blessing. Matthew had an opportunity to see the way that God is able to provide regardless of the kind of situation that we're in. But that provision happens in our relationship to him. Uh, secondly, when we look at this text, that God always provides for us according to our needs. And my God shall provide all your needs. Um, some time ago, the psychologist Maslow developed this, um, what they call hierarchy of human needs. Um, you know, starting with the physiological, sort of the, the idea here is unless you have enough to eat uh, and the other, as you have these needs met, then you can really become all that God wants you to be. Um, as we've watched God work in the world, you know, I think there's a truth to this, but it, sense, it, it senses to me that maybe this pyramid in some ways needs to be turned upside down. For some of the people in the world who have the least seem to have discovered God's best the most quickly. But God will provide according to our needs. It's in relationship to him, but he provides according to our needs. And in our case, with Matt, that meant that our desperate need was that God would take care, good care, of our only son and provide him a place where the, his future would be open and exciting and not something that he just had to put up with. So Paul says, God can do this. He can provide. And finally, he talks about God will provide according to his resources. Um, out of his resources. Uh, in relationship to his resources. Not just in relationship to what we perceive to be our need. He can provide out of the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. This morning, all over the world, millions of people desperately somehow want to 
know that their needs can be met. And Jesus Christ, because of his great love for every person who lives in the world, wants to so work in our lives that through us, his resources can be available far beyond that which we could ever imagine. But this only happens because God is working through us. His power is happening, happening through us. His good news comes through us. Um, every once in a while, God gives you sort of a, what do you want to say, a personal experience whereby you say, wow, what God, what might God do next if we only were open to how he could work? How might his power work in us if we were only open to him fully? Um, one of my experiences in life uh, that helped me understand part of this happened seems as if it was very long time ago when Sylvia and I uh, moved to, to Wilmore, Kentucky, and for the first time in life, needed a second car. Um, and really, we're still trying to pay for the first car. Now, this was uh, some time ago, um, and so some things worked a bit differently with automobiles than they do today. Uh, but I remember talking to some friends in the church that we were a part of and saying how we were trying to look for a second car, good used car, something like that. And my friend Bob said to me, um, you know, I have, um, I have an old Datsun. You know, they don't make them anymore, so this was a while ago. Sitting in our backyard that was in a small accident, and we're really not sure what to do with it, but the thing starts up. Every time you turn the key, it starts up. And it's probably, probably would work for you for a while. And um, he said, you can have it for free. And I thought to myself, it sounds like something we can work with. At least I should look at it. And so um, I said, why don't you pull it over to our house and we'll see if we can make it work. Now, it was not this Datsun. It was this Datsun. And initially, its condition was not quite the same as this condition. But the wonderful thing about that car was that every time you turned the key, as long as it had battery power, it always started. So I'd never worked on a car in terms of kind of making it look decent when the body is rusted out and other damage to it. But I said to myself, how difficult can that be? And bought several gallons of body filler and it never looked this good. In fact, it was quite difficult for me to find somebody who would give it a fresh coat of paint because no one would do that and want uh, others to know that it had come from their shop, but finally found someone who was willing to do it. And this was really a marvelous car. 
if, if it had juice from the battery, every time you turned the key, it would start up. In fact, if you were parked in the right place, uh, where you had just a little bit of an incline, even if there wasn't any juice in the battery, then that you turned on the key, there was enough movement that it would start up. And um, so I just really had quite a good time for a while. Um, I would drive it, always making sure that, um, that I hadn't used the headlights or I hadn't used the windshield wipers because those would drain the battery. And usually if I'd drive a few miles, I'd try to set it on a hill just in case we had to give it a little bit of an incline if the battery wouldn't work. And for months it would work. And then I discovered the other wonderful thing, which was the battery from that old car was similar to the battery that was in our other car. So periodically I would just trade the two batteries and I'd have a battery that would start it up for a few times, try not to drive at night so you don't need the headlights, don't use the windshield wipers unless you're desperate, and for actually a few weeks, now this was not recently, this was a while ago with our um, highly uh, computerized car, it would never work today, but for months, I would drive into the hospital in Lexington, 10 or 12 miles away, drive back home again, but it was only a fair weather car. And part of what Paul is trying to say to us here is that he, God does not want us to be just fair weather Christians. He doesn't want us to just have a, a battery that will get us so far. And my God, Paul says to these Philippian Christians, he will supply every need of your life out of the riches of who Christ Jesus is as you let him work in your life and you let him do the miracles that only he can do. But it comes because there's this, what you want to say, a, an eternal, a divine generator that's always making sure that internal battery is ready to produce the power that we need in our lives. And so it's as if Paul is saying to these, these Philippian Christians, you are some of my favorite people. And, and you have stood with me when none others were able to do that. And now what I wish for you is that your needs daily, daily for the presence and power of Jesus might come, not just because you've got a battery that's been charged up somewhere else, but because you've got this eternal, internal generator that comes from the Lord himself, as we share in Holy Communion this morning. The Lord is here. And he's here in his Holy Spirit power. And I think what he's saying to us, do you want to live in that place where Paul was assuring these Philippian Christians that they could live? Where every day there is this internal, eternal 
generator of the Spirit that comes because we have given ourselves to him, permitted us, him to live in our life in that power, and are willing to follow him. In fact, as we share in Holy Communion this morning, I think part of what we, you might say, act out is our commitment to let his Holy Spirit work daily in our life so that that holy generator of power can be ours every day. Let's pray together. Lord, we're so thankful this morning that you give us the Holy Spirit. That's really what Paul was talking about when he affirmed to these dear people in Philippi, some of them undergoing some of the worst challenges of life, affirmed to them that there was a power, a power that goes beyond any human power source, a power of your Holy Spirit. And this morning, Father, as we come to this time of Holy Communion, we affirm again together that what we want more than anything else is your blessed Holy Spirit to so fill us, to so energize us that that holy generator of your grace is part of our life every day. We know that's what you want for us. And so we ask for it in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.